being vulnerable before the Lord today in the weekly Kingdom Outlook. Let's go. Hey, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you. So glad to have this time with you. And just before I forget, hey, would you go ahead and like, subscribe, whatever platform you want, share it after you're done. If you like the video, if there's something you want to have a question on, comment. I would love to hear uh, feedback from you. This goes out on many platforms. So uh, from podcasts to, um, uh, let's see, YouTube, Subsplash, Rumble, and Facebook. So whichever platform you're watching, subscribe. And then if you'd make a comment and you could click on the uh, notifications uh, bell if that has that and the platform you're on as well. Love for you to do that. All right. I want to talk to you about something that is really important for your longevity uh, in the Lord and mine as well. By the way, when I say you, I mean us. Um, it's if we're going to have a deep relationship with the Father and the love of the Father, then you're going to find that that's different than the anointing in ministry. Um, the anointing in ministry on me is for the people around me, and I'm trying to bring, you know, I'm bringing the kingdom, I'm bringing solutions, I'm bringing uh, the power of God, whether it be healing, miracle, signs, wonder, prophecy, revelation, whatever it is. But a lot of times ministers get stuck in that mode and then they don't get in the, they're, they're not vulnerable before the Lord. And the reason they're not vulnerable before the Lord is usually due to shame and, and um, usually dealing with um, childhood stuff, whatever, traumas, thunder, um, whatever it might be. And, it's, and here's what I, I want to tell you. Let me just use me as an example so I won't tell you. This is the things I tell myself. The Father already knows everything about me. Folks, I don't talk about my past much because, to be honest with you, it's not interesting to me. But for the sake of this, I want you to know that I was a really good sinner. Um, I um, was sexually perverted and active. I cussed every other word. Um... I wasn't respectful. Um, I had a lot of trauma from my childhood and from my parents getting divorced. Not their fault. I don't blame them. I was carrying a lot of stuff. And I think that for a lot of people, um, they get in, they have some wonderful encounter with God, and then they're right, they're going for ministry. And uh, I think part of that, let me explain that, part of that is because they think they have to earn the love of God. Now, that could actually be due to um, parental trauma, like when you were a kid and your parents kind of made you work for the love. And I have to say this, even though my father and mother, my father blew up the marriage, my mother, I, I have no doubt that they loved me. And they never really made me earn it, um, even though in their own crisis, in their own struggles in their life, they might have not expressed it well, if I could say that, but, and, and, and in some cases withheld it in bitterness and anger, but that's not our father. 
our Father is so loving and so merciful and so kind that when I read the Old Testament, I'm not looking to be like a warrior king like David and kill people, but God so loved David and he was so merciful and he, he was so extremely merciful to Israel who literally, even in the wilderness, remember, first they won't go into the promised land. Then when they're in the wilderness, they sleep with the daughters of Baal uh, and commit fornication and sexual perversion. There's a real problem with that. I did that in another one called Purity on the Seeking the Face of God on Subsplash only. And so I, I want you to know this. This is how I kind of process this. Because I when I got saved, instead of wanting to be in the ministry, I wanted to get whole. And now I tell you this because I wasn't just looking to be forgiven. I didn't like the man I was. Not that I was becoming. I was. I was, I was married to this beautiful redhead that loved me. And I, I certainly loved her. And I knew, I knew on my current track that I was not going to sustain marriage. I, I just knew it. And I was literally terrified that I would um, have an affair and um, had nothing to do with her, had everything to do with me. And not that I wanted to, but I just felt like I would, because I don't think my dad wanted to, but I think you get, you know, you just get overcome. And that's why it says to flee sexual uh, immorality. This is what people understand. Like when people sit there and want to try to think that sexual sin's okay, it's just not. Just trust me. It creates a whole lot of spiritual problems and sexual perversion. And I had a bunch of them, okay? And I met this beautiful redhead who I loved, and I wanted to be a good husband for her. Not a, not a bad goal. And I wasn't looking for forgiveness. I was looking for transformation. Now, I didn't have the language. And I didn't know, oh, new creation in Christ. I didn't know that when I when I got saved. But I knew I've, I've you know, I have told a story that I went to a meeting and someone mentioned Jesus. I've been looking, I've been reading the Bible for two years, and I didn't know it was Jesus. You know, to me, when I read through Jesus, he was just another person. Like I it didn't click in me. I can I can vaguely remember that because now it's like Jesus is everything to me. But uh back then it was like I read it and I never said, Oh. Never once thought, oh, he's the answer. Just shows you that you need the Holy Spirit. And then you have to get real with God. And I think that sometimes what happens to ministers is they have, they have tremendous faith, but in their faith, there is also the tendency to need approval, praises, and adoration from men. Now, they don't think that's it. They think they're getting it from God. But in, in, in light of it, they're trying to fix a problem through, um, through people instead of God. Now, getting vulnerable to God should be easy, but it's sometimes we have a big problem. Why? Well, especially for guys, and I want to say this for us guys, the reason the problem is is because vulnerability is not seen as manhood. Okay? Um, and so that's a big problem. We're raised that way. I don't mean being vulnerable and just always being a weepy little thing. I mean, here's what I concluded as I was in this journey. When it says that when we're yet sinners, God sent his son to die for us. I realized this. I came to this epiphany in scripture. You knew me at my worst and you forgave me. Like you have seen the worst of me. You have seen 
the worst thing I've done. You know everything I've done. To, and you know it better than me. And yet, you called me by name. And in that, I realized I had to get, ex- you know, I was, it was okay. Now, I didn't have, I didn't, by the way, being vulnerable isn't something that I knew. Like that word, that terminology, didn't even have it back then. But all I did was, I, it just like, I was like, I was so afraid. Let me explain something. I was afraid that somebody would call out the thoughts in my head. And I had lustful thoughts. I had a lustful mind. I had a lustful, I, it was bad. And it was because I had been involved in all this stuff. It wasn't because my wife wasn't as amazing as she is. She's amazing. But when I came to Jesus, I began to ask the Lord to forgive me. Now, I didn't just ask him once and walk away. If I got a thought, I'd go, Lord, forgive me for that. And I would just repent over everything I did. And I would repent. Now, I didn't repent over everything I did 800 times because that's just ridiculous. Because then you're not trusting that you're forgiven. But there would be things that would come up that I'd realize, oh, that's something that was deep. Lord, forgive me for that. Heal me for that. I thank you that you forgive me. I thank you that you do that. Thank you for bringing that up so I can repent of that. Now you go, well, that was the devil. I don't care. The devil had no power in it because I kept on surrendering to Jesus. I kept on surrendering to Jesus. I just kept on throwing myself at the cross and throwing myself at the cross. I wanted to be rid of who I had become without him. And I wanted to become someone in him. And not for fame. I wanted to be whole. I wanted to know what it's like to not have torment in my day because I didn't know what that was like. And that's just the honest truth. I didn't know what it was like to not have torment, to not have problems. And this is where I'm saying we don't get vulnerable. I had a friend say to me that for 25 years in ministry, he struggled to receive the love of God for himself. And so let's... Let's read it. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified this time. I think I've done this on another one, but I think it might have been Seeking the Face of God. But I'm going to read, and I read it out of the King James. I'm going to read this one in the uh, Amplified Bible for a reason, because I just love it. And we're going to read it together, uh, if we could do that. And I want you to hear this. I'm doing it here. My Amplified Bible's underneath there. If I pull it, everything's falling out. So... Let's 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 read this together, if you would. We're going to start at uh, Ephesians three, verse eight. I want you to hear the wonderful um, mystery and the wonderful news, but that there's so much more. And it's this: to me, though I'm very least of all the saints, God's consecrated people, this grace, favor, and privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, listen to this, the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ, wealth which no human being could have searched out. Also to enlighten all men and make plain to them what is the plan, what is the plan regarding the Gentiles and providing for the salvation of all men, of the mystery kept hidden through the ages and concealed until now in the mind of God who created all things by Christ Jesus. 
The purpose is that though the church, that through the church, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities, principalities and powers in the heavenly sphere. This is in accordance with the terms of the eternal and timeless purpose, which he has realized and carried into effect in the person of Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom, because our faith in him, we dare to have the boldness, the courage and confidence of free access and unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. So I ask you not to lose heart, not to faint or become despondent through fear at what I am suffering in your behalf, because Paul's in prison. Rather glory in it, for it is an honor to you. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that Father, from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling in your innermost. Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ, through your faith, say through my faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. Okay. That you may have the power and strong apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth, the length, the height, and depth of it, that you may really come to know practically through the experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now, takes faith, number one. You have to believe that God wants that for you. Here's the thing I want you to understand. You have to be vulnerable with God. I think that our concern sometimes is, well, God's going to not like what he sees. Number one, God loves you. And he sees you. He sees who you are. I love, I love um, the story of Hagar. And, and she has this wonderful encounter with God when she's, um, she's going she's gonna to die, basically, she feels like it. And Ishmael's over there, and she kind of, I think, walks away um, um, from Ishmael because she doesn't want to um, watch him die. And it says that... Um, the water in the skin was used up, and she placed a boy under one of the shrubs. She then went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot. 
For she said in herself, Let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up your lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave it to the lad to drink. So God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness in Paran, and his mother took a wife for him in the land of Egypt. It's just a, a, just a great story that God saw her. See, I want you to know this. God just doesn't see your mess. God sees you. He sees who he created. He sees your potential. He sees... You know, when God loves us, he doesn't love us after the flesh. He loves us in our spirit. He loves us to who we are created are. Despite all, it doesn't mean he excuses. It doesn't mean he doesn't see the other stuff, but he loves you. I have three children. My children aren't always perfect, but I love them. They might not always do the right thing. I love them. That I know inside of them, there is this greatness. There is this wonder. There is this beauty. And... You know, I have to discipline my kids when they're they're all old now. I don't have to do that anymore. But when they were younger, you have to discipline your kids. But it doesn't mean that because I discipline you, I don't love you. It actually means I do. Well, I had had an encounter with Jesus in 1989, an encounter with the Holy Spirit in 1993. And in 1996, that summer, I was praying and I was fasting. I was just seeking God. And I came to this revelation really are my father like I know it here but like you really are my father now what happened is in 1994 a prophet was in town and me and Kathy walked in he began to prophesy us and he told us told me and my wife to read Proverbs chapter 3 1 through 13 it's gonna be key for you and I read that scripture I read it every single day multiple times a day and I read it, read it, read it, read it, and prayed into it. And it talks about the end that the father, when he loves a son, he disciplines him. And that's how you can tell. Not, he's not angry, he's disciplining. He's teaching him the right way. This is quoted in Hebrews chapter 12. And I went like this. I went, I just remember this, this, this moment in time. Father, you really do love me. I receive that love. I give you permission to adjust me, to correct me anywhere you need to so that I can be with you. Because I trust you. I can be vulnerable with you. I can be open to you. And I ask that you correct my doctrine, that you correct my attitude, you correct my behavior, you correct my ways, you teach me, Lord. I trust you. I love you. And I know you love me. And I want to I want to experience all of your love. It's like I go back there when I do that. It's almost been, it's been over, uh, it's been 26 years. He is not disappointed. That doesn't mean he corrects me all the time. But I know that God loves me. And I've experienced his love every day. And that's what I want for you. I want you to experience his love. 
But the problem we sometimes has is we're afraid of what he's going to see. And I got good news for you. God already knows everything. God knew my thoughts. God knew my perversions. God knew my sins. God knew my, God knew not just what I did, but what was in here, what needed to be cleaned out, what needed to be uprooted. He knew what was in here. He knew, he knew uh, uh, my weaknesses. He knew, he knew everything. And when I fully acknowledged that, you already know it. Well, am I hiding it from you? I was taken to a new level in him, a new trust, a new relationship. You know, maybe that's what you have to do now. You, you're trying to seek God, but you're afraid. I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm not either, folks. I, I mean, Jesus isn't done with me yet, thank God. I know you're not perfect. We know you're not perfect. We're pretty sure you're not perfect. And the good news is that's not the problem. The problem is you're afraid he doesn't know it. And I, I got good news. Not only does he know it, he looks right past it at you and he sees, he says, oh my, I love that person. He got, you know, he, let me put it in mind, I love Lewis. I think the, I, I'm just got so many great plans for him. I just want to give him my kingdom. That's, I just want to, don't you just want to receive that? So let me say this to you from the father. He knows you. He sees your great potential. He sees his great love for you and he wants to give you the kingdom he wants to. He wants to embrace you. He wants to sit there and, and have you experience the depth of who he is in love. And I want that for you too. And there's my prayer for you right there. That you would come to experience the depth of his love. But we're going to have to be vulnerable. Okay, God, here I am. Whatever I'm afraid of, I can't, I'm not afraid of it in you. Help me, Lord. Change me. Show me what I need to repent of, then work your good pleasure in me. Work your spirit in me. Work your grace in me. And let me be transformed into a new image in Christ. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, Father. Amen. And amen. God bless you. You have a fantastic, fantastic week. By the time you hear this, uh, probably Wednesday I'll put it out. I'll be on an airplane for New Mexico. And I'm going to be at the Glory River in Las Lunas. Uh, if you're in the area, come and see us. I am so excited that we're going to be there. And uh, looking forward to being with some wonderful people. And, uh, and it's called Come and See. Let's see what the Lord wants to do. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you.